Hello, one and all, and welcome to the 184th episode of the Voluntary Viewing Podcast, recorded on May 16th, 2022. On the podcast today, we have a man who's about to tell us which fast food chain he would choose to sponsor his wedding, Andrew Clark. I'm Andrew Clark, and if you're listening to me, Arby's, Fucking hit me it. up. We can make something beautiful happen. Fucking. <laughs> hey, guess what? Arby's c- catered my high school graduation party. My parents said I could choose wherever I wanted to get catering from, you know, within reason for my high school graduation. And without hesitation, I said Arby's. I... I fucking love Arby's and all you dumb shits out there that talk about how bad Arby's is and how it's not even really food. Just, I don't, I don't know what to say to you. Go have another thin piece of fake beef. I don't give a shit. Go, go have a McDouble. Go have, uh, a Whopper. <laughs> Actually, I, I like Whoppers. Yeah. Um, I'm walking back. Go have anything from McDonald's and then go fuck yourself because Arby's is good. You walk into a subway, get a foot-long sub that's actually only 11 inches long, and fuck yourself with it. I Is it the same Arby's that uh, is catering these events? It, is there an Arby's manager somewhere who is like, this is the same guy... This is the same guy whose graduation we cater. Now we're going for his wedding, and then like a couple years down I'm the line, I'm a part of this like, guy's life. Are we about to go to? Are we about to cater a first communion event for this guy's kid? I can't believe I'm gonna go cater this guy's wake. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. He died before me. He he, he was putting yeah, he that Barbie's way too much. I mean, I work here, and even I'm like, oh, that's too much, dude. Dial it back. Yeah, no. Um, look, Arby's is good. They're tasty beef sandwiches. Mm. Um, They also have good, like, hero sandwiches at Arby's. Oh. And I've had their gyro, like, once, and it was solid. You can't get euros very many places so if you find a place that doesn't have a shitty euro Mm -hmm. then then you've kind of won so i've got a good euro place in town that i like now they put the uh they put the french fries in the euro oh that kind of yeah ruins the whole idea oh i think next time you're in los angeles we got to swing by i gotta make you eat those words eat that french fry failed euro yeah, hey, no, I'd, I'd be happy to be wrong. Mm. It just feels like it's something that s- should be separate, you know? I bring Andrew, in these divisive times, I, I welcome anything that is bringing things together, like these French fry euros. Uh, and I'm Lucas DeRyer, and that question was prompted by a TikTok ad that I've seen way too much, where there's a couple who... McDonald's paid for their wedding, supposedly, but I don't believe that because they don't seem like real people. Yeah, they seem like automatons. It's it's probably a marketing ploy. Right. Like, do you you remember when um, we were in college? I think 
we were sophomores or something and there was this whole like oh there's this guy on campus and he's giving out mentos and if he gives out like a hundred thousand packs of mentos uh he's gonna get a scholarship and dj Khaled is gonna do a concert yeah on campus and it and it turned out that one he did not give out enough mentos and it was just a thing he did every once in a while so they could take photos and also was like the son of like the mentos marketing executive or something so it was a total plant it was just how do i get my son free tuition and also get ads for mentos on campus and then also apparently the dj khaled concert was total ass i mean i assume that of every dj khaled concert i I don't understand why we're letting him be such a big part of culture. Why we let him be such a big part of culture. Hold on. DJ Khaled definitely had his moment in the spotlight. That's past now. If anybody out there is still big into DJ Khaled, I encourage you to re-examine your life. I think I think he's just kind of a meme because yeah, okay. of his weird like self-talk Snapchat stories that he had going there for a while. And then like DJ Khaled, as a music producer has put out a lot of really good music. It's just that no one is really sure how much DJ Khaled has to do with right. making those songs good because he's not the one singing. He's not the one rapping. No one really knows if he makes the beats or not. So it's kind of like, why, why is is he famous for a reason? Is he like a really good music producer and he's actually made these songs good? Or is he just a meme that people tack on to the... the the end of a featured list on a song yeah actually now that you mention that there was like a moment of dj khaled where this guy is being really emphatically uh toxically masculine and maybe it's a bit like it's just like close I mean, he said he wouldn't to... go down on his wife he yeah said, like he would never go... he would never eat pussy that's emasculating and like I, if I heard you say, if I heard someone say that with a DJ Khaled cadence and infatuation, then maybe I think they were joking. Maybe I think they were doing a bit. But as time goes on, I think it's become clear that no, he is just like that. And him being stranded in the ocean on a jet ski wasn't a stunt. That's actually a thing that happened to him. Yeah, he's just an idiot. Yeah, he's just a fucking loser. I. Maybe he helped make the uh, Into the Spider-Verse soundtrack good. Probably not, though. Probably only had a very small part in that. I think he's featured on Elevate is where I'm pulling that from. Is he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Not on the podcast today. A man who is on assignment is Ryan Holtz, and that assignment is him choosing uh, what TV shows are canceled and also which ones come back in the course of the next year. Yeah, Ryan right now is sitting in a cavern, Mm -hmm. levitating three feet above the ground uh, in a uh, meditative pose. Both of his hands are glowing, and he's weighing spiritually which which shows are going to make the universe more stable. Yeah. So he's going to cut some of your favorite shows. He's going to keep some shows that you don't like, but it's all going towards making sure that the universe doesn't die like through heat death so don't don't worry about it it's all part of the master plan there has to be an impractical jokers season 14 okay that that's that's a totem that is a load-bearing artifact (laughs) (sighs) 
All right, speaking of shows coming and going, let's move into News of the Week. That was actually a very weak transition. I don't know if we talk about many shows, but we are going to talk about Starfield and whatever Redfall is. Bethesda's making them. Maybe. They were delayed to 2023, and even then, that's a little... I... So as... I think about this as I think about these games being delayed, which I wonder if Microsoft is even upset about this at all, or I don't fucking know. Do you think if a game as big, but as buggy as Skyrim was, was released today, would people be okay with that? Would they accept it? Like they kind of accepted the jankiness of Skyrim or have we moved past that? I think we moved past it. I mean, I think Cyberpunk was a pretty good example. Um, I I really don't think Cyberpunk was any jankier than the than Elder Scrolls Elder Scrolls Skyrim. I just think that uh, because there was so much hype around it, and because the the game was just so not polished. Yeah. That's why it kind of got lambasted the way that it did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I don't think people really tolerate that shit anymore. Which is weird, because it seems to be coming more and more common. Right. For, for game studios to just release 60% of a video game <laughs> and say, over the next two years, we'll slowly make this the game that you wanted it to be, while none of you are playing it anymore. Although, you do have to wonder if a combination of COVID and cyberpunk being what it became in broader culture means that that stops being a thing anymore. That everyone realizes, oh, this is how bad it can get. If we release this game and then patch it over the course of six months, our stock might drop 80% like CG Pro- CD Projekt Red did. Bleh. Yeah, I, I think it might kind of be like a like a beacon in the sky but like the it's like the opposite of a north star Mm -hmm. it's like oh fuck we got to make sure that never happens to us no matter what yeah cd project red is just the soldier being stabbed to death with Mm -hmm. valid criticism and then the games industry is the child sleeping on the ground or whatever that meme is cd cd project red tripped so that we could run yeah. And Sony president Jim Ryan is tripping over his own feet as he asks employees to respect anti-abortion viewpoints in an email mostly about his cat's birthdays. God, who wrote this? I mean, executives do not write their own emails. Like, that's a thing. Yeah. Unless they're... <laughs> Doing it and then releasing them under someone else's name. Right. Oh so, like, who, who fucking drafted this three months ago and then had it scheduled to go out that day and then someone else wrote something on his behalf about abortion and then just copy-pasted it to the beginning? I Presumably he signed off on it, but... I don't fucking I don't know, know. I don't. I don't, th- I don't think these people really look at those communications. They pay people to do it for them. I... 
And maybe we're getting a little too close to home. Has your work said anything about this? Because mine about about abortion, no. Yes, and mine. Oh uh, no, we talk either, about Ukraine in yeah. communications all the time. Right. But no, no, no one's brought this shit up. And like, they know it's too, it's too hostile. I. Unless it's my company, my boss's boss's boss announcing that we're going to give money to some abortion provider efforts, I don't need to have them make a statement on this one way or another, you know? No. And then that is the other shoot of this dropping. Uh, after this kerfuffle came out, I think they announced that they're donating like $50,000 or some too small for a major company, but like impactfully sized amount to uh abortion providers in the u.s okay yeah yeah i think i think the like absolute farthest companies can be expected to go is like maybe give some money to planned parenthood but even Mm -hmm. that is really contentious yeah and like i while they're cowards for like not standing up for abortion rights it's also like understandable because it is such a it is like the second touchiest subject in the United States. Uh, Which, yeah, no, it's a fucking hellscape. I hate yeah. this place. Sucks out here. I can't live in most of the country now because... Oh, not... Well, yeah, probably most. Probably You'll most of the country. You'll never need to get an abortion, Lucas. You're fine. Why would you... Why would you worry about this? I, I'm not... I haven't gotten a vasectomy. I'm not shooting blanks. Like, in case... What I, as a white American male, have been trained to think is the worst consequence of sex happens. I want to have a ripcord, possibly, if my partner agrees to it. And we yeah, have no, that you have a ripcord. Cool. Move out of town. Like, the, <laughs> the, guys do that all the time. That's the thing is they don't they don't really have to deal with any of the consequences of someone getting pregnant. That is entirely on the woman, and that's that's why guys will never really stand up for abortion rights because they'll just say. Yeah, no. Uh, for you, abortion is your like you know last resort, get out of jail free card. Mine is just moving or like never calling you again and blocking your number. Yeah, you don't even have to move. You just pretend they don't exist. I wipe my socials, smash the SIM card in my phone, and just drive out into the desert. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'd, I'd rather just live in a place where abortion is available and no, I don't have would. to take a fake name, but okay. We all would. There's like six guys in the United States that would actually be better off with abortion being outlawed. Yeah. And everyone else would benefit from it whether they know it or not. I, I saw, I don't know why I'm on TikTok so much, but I saw another ad on TikTok for a game that's, um, that, what if each of the states in the United States were their own country? How would that oh, work? Man. How would they fight? And it's like, you know, that's how America was kind of intended to work, right? And we're inching closer and closer to that as the Supreme Court nullifies some of the most impactful federal laws, uh, federal rulings out there to the yeah. point where, I don't know, fucking... Oklahoma might go to war with Minnesota because Minnesota decides they're going to provide abortion access. Like, that's not—yes, that's crazy baloney to say, but it is much more tenable now than it was before the Supreme Court, uh, that that document leaked. Yeah, can you, can you imagine if, like, they eventually wear away 
like the control that the federal government has on the National Guard. Because even though it's the National Guard, it is mostly controlled by the states. Yeah. And just each state gets its own militia. Mm-hmm. But there's like six states that are 30 times more powerful than the others. <sighs> no, but we can't let these rural states that are doing active harm, uh, whose governments are doing active harm to marginalized communities, suffer. That would just be bad for everyone. We do, 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 do. Liberals in blue states can't take meaningful action against these people. Yeah. No. <sighs> Fuck. In good news, though, Activision Blizzard can't ever be racially insensitive. The Candy Crush people made a diversity space tool. This shit is... If it wasn't so funny, it would be absolutely nauseating. I... Or, or maybe I should reverse that. If it wasn't so nauseating, it'd be really funny. I can't decide. This is so fucked. It, but like also completely idiotic. Right. That like I can't help but laugh at it. it but it is really dangerous. It's like they reinvented phrenology. Yeah, that's the comparison it's, that I keep seeing over and over again. Uh, so to break this down a little bit, because it is... Shit... It's the kind of solution to the problem of video games not being a diverse enough medium that a robot would come up with where they're using math to, yeah, determine how diverse a video game character is and... How? Which, again, like, that that whole concept of, like, right. how diverse is this individual character, it doesn't work like that. Diversity right. is a group-level concept. Mm-hmm. One person cannot be diverse because they just are who they are. Diversity is about, like, groups of people being intersectional and multicultural and yeah. having different experiences and people that are different from each other still getting the same rights and, and same access and all that kind right. of stuff. So then it's... This system is trying to ascribe hard numerical values to different uh, physical, mental, various human traits, and then that determining a character's overall diversity score, which Overwatch characters were given as an example for this, and already in the examples given, you see the failings of this because the character Torbjorn scored rather highly because he is a short, older man who has a robotic arm, which makes mm-hmm. him differently abled. But and whatever... also old. They're like, yes. he's diverse because he's old. <laughs> but that ignores the fact that he is explicitly making fun or, like, pantomiming towards some stereotypes about uh, dwarves in fantasy. And that's, that's not fucking great, man. Like, you can't be like, yeah, Torbjorn, this parody is 6 out of 10 inclusive. Like, mm-hmm. no, dude. Uh, I I know that they only gave, like, the three characters as an example, but I really want to know mm-hmm. if, they, if they make Widowmaker <laughs> not... <sighs> how they score her on her race 
Because that is that's a thing. They give people a score on their race of like, okay, I don't. How do you score more? Like, on how do they scale it? <laughs> is because if it was white and non-white, and either you're white or you're mm-hmm. non-white, and like it's a zero or a one, okay, whatever. But like, they showed it. The Lucio was like a three out of five because right. <laughs> he's black. Like how how does that work? <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? How do you score higher on the race chart? Okay, I, they did give one more. They gave a more detailed breakdown for uh, Anna in Overwatch, who is this older sniper woman. And then that really made clear just how subjective some of these hard metrics are. Like beauty. Which that's entirely in the eyes of the beholder was, of the person who's scoring this. Remember that, yeah. Holy or shit. body type, and she was listed as skinny slash curvy. Oh my so god! So it's like, damn, slim. They're thick. they're working in the slim thick. I. This is madness. This is how many hundreds of hours did they devote to creating this? Instead of just hiring people from different backgrounds. Yeah, no, this is this is wild. <sighs> Fucking, I I don't. <sighs> this is why this is why just tech companies aren't going to save us, aren't going to fix anything, because these are the solutions they present to some of the most culturally tied issues around today. And I, I, I don't. oh my god, there's a culture, there's a culture score, and all th- all three of these characters that they gave as an example, Lucio, uh, Zarya, and uh, Torbjorn had scored the same. What does that mean? Also, I get how does oh, I guess Zarya's I don't also all of their sexuality scores were one which I guess presumes that all of them are straight and I okay is supposed to be not straight and kind of seems like they were leaning into that when Overwatch first came out but I I don't fucking know what are what are we doing Zarya scored like a 50% on gender identity so, w- woman is five? That's... G- I, 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 unless they're saying that Zarya is actually, like, they, them, but, you know, they've never referred to her, they, as that. You remember that... You remember in, I want to say, a season one episode of Archer where they hire that one character and Mallory has a line to the effect of... Yeah, he's black and Jewish. He's a diversity hire double whammy. Yeah. And, like, that's a hilarious joke because it just shows how out of touch this very affluent white woman is. I feel like the people who made this saw this episode and they were like, Oh, my... Good idea. That's how we fix this. If we should get more diverse people in here, we can hire less of them. We just gotta make it denser. I think the math checks out on this. And... That's the fucking. This is a fucking Reddit post or 4chan blog where somebody somebody responded with the effect of "I can't be bigoted. 
I checked the math. This math proves that I'm not culturally insensitive. Like, mm-hmm. fuck. I, I can't be. I can't be a racist. I'm short. <laughs> I. Oh. Fuck. Fuck. Okay, I think that's all the material, all the vitriol I had built up in me for this one. <laughs> I got I got to crack open a beer before we do this next one, but uh take it away, Andrew. Um, so I was kind of hoping Ryan would be here for this one because I've only very briefly played Halo and I know nothing about the lore. Mm-hmm. Uh Lucas, I know you've never played Halo. You probably know a little bit more about it just by yeah, merit on of working for a lore-based company. Yeah. Um but so the Halo TV series is going on, which all the fans are very excited about, and all of them agree that this is very faithful to the Halo lore, which they're very yeah. passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, Master Chief fucks in the show. Yeah, cracking one open for that. Timing that one out. Uh, Master Chief, the uh, who in, in the video games, I guess, is kind of like an asexual super soldier who doesn't care about anyone except for his uh robot girlfriend or his hologram girlfriend who's also kind of his mom yes yeah they got a they got a complicated thing going on Mm. um he just has sex in in the show because he touched a space object that made him too horny (laughs) and made this other alien woman also too horny it made him too powerful he had to let it out somehow yeah and I love how all of the articles and, like, discourse that I saw about this are just like, Master Chief lost his virginity. <laughs> because, yeah, I guess if you go by the lore, Master Chief has not had sex before, as far as we know. But, because he's not really a character. He's not really a, even a human being. He's more just, like, an object. I mean... Yeah, if I recall the weirdly fascist lore of this series correctly, I would not be surprised if there weren't a thing in there about how all Spartans, Master Chief especially, were sterilized or their sex drive, their desire to procreate was removed from them so that this... Or or just, like, like the unsullied got their balls and dick chopped off. Yeah. Like... Well, no, I mean, Master Chief's suit definitely does jerk him off, so, like, that can't be a thing. Wait, is that a real thing? So there are a lot of people who say it's (laughs) not a real thing, and that's just (laughs) making me think, man, nobody, this many people wouldn't be defending it if, uh, if, if there weren't some kernel of truth to it. But I don't... Isn't... Isn't he supposed to be, like, 16 or something, too? I don't know where this takes place in the timeline, but I do know it is canon that the Spartans are like, yeah, they are seven-foot-tall super soldiers at the age of, like, 12. That's just their biology. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think he's supposed to be that young, but... I, so, this could have been bullshit. This write-up, this, these people I saw, I heard discussing it, could be fucking around. But it's my understanding that Cortana watches. Um, yeah, that's what the article says. <laughs> um, I don't know what they mean by that. 
Oh, she's she's just taking it in. She's just so basking in it. Master Chief has a great ass, though. We gotta give him that. Oh, do they do they show ass? Does he show oh, yeah. ass? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why I assume that he just like kept the suit on. <laughs> just popping off the cod piece. Just the one, yeah, one piece. Ugh. Cortana. Activate cod piece. If you left the helmet on, what's the heads-up display looking like for that Oh, one? my God. What, what, what objectives does Master Chief have, have to hit to, uh, to, to Cortana, complete the mission? Cortana, clip that. Cortana, clip that. Clip that. Clip that, too. Oh, my God, to clip that. <laughs> oh, that's a title contender. That's a title contender right there. Uh, it's okay. Cool. This is this is a Halo story for grown-ups. Master Chief fucks. Is it a Halo story for grown-ups? Is that what makes it a grown-up show? Is if there's sex, like censored sex? Maybe I don't. I don't fucking know. Like, man, there's sex in the Big Bang Theory. That's true. This is a this is a Halo for PG thirteen. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Fucking can't wait for Red versus Blue to base an entire season off of off of this premise. Oh is that God. still a thing on the internet? Um, I think so. I'm not positive. I. It's so weird to me that. Rooster Teeth as a company, like, yeah, they were the shit when we were in high school, and yeah, kind of for a stretch in college, maybe wearing a little thin at the end of that, but yeah, we knew people, some relationships were based on a shared appreciation of a couple of their projects, and now there are still people out there, enough to keep that company going, who, well into their adult years, are like, yeah, Rooster Teeth, that's my jam, I'm checking this shit out no matter what. I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get life. I also don't get why the LA Chargers announced their schedule with a video that had a bunch of anime references. Man, the Chargers always kill it on social media. They they just always do. I can't remember what they did last year, but... um, (laughs) They killed it, though. Well, I mean, I, I remember that their schedule release was like the best one, but I don't remember what it was. But yeah, no, this, this anime schedule release was really good. There were some deep cuts in there. Like it wasn't, yes, there was some Dragon Ball, Naruto, Demon Slayer in there, but also Odd Taxi. They, they reimagined, um, who's the Kansas City coach? Uh, Andy Reid. They reimagine Andy Reid as the walrus guy from Odd Taxi and fair, okay? I respect that. That's a deep cut I respect. Um, They had B-Stars. The Jacksonville Jaguars were yeah. uh, B-Stars and also posed like the infamous Urban Meyer goes to the bar and dances with a young lady after they lost the game thing. Yeah. <laughs> what? 
What was the redacted one that the that what was the um, redacted the game? Oh, and I don't I don't know if the joke there was that they redacted it because you know Browns like shit or because of Deshaun Watson. Oh, or, or what? I don't I don't I really don't know. Okay, I thought they I thought they might have just gotten massacred against the Browns last year, but okay. No. The, the Kyler Murray looking at his phone and, like, deleting all of his posts was really good. I... So this begs the larger question. Do people like the Chargers? I feel... I mean, no. <laughs> I, mean... I feel... Yeah, I was about to say, I feel like they are the fourth most beloved football team in the state of California... Which is to say, there are more Raiders fans in California still than there are Chargers Oh, fans. absolutely. Yes. Well, so the thing with the Chargers are, the Chargers have always been either, like, okay to, like, good. They've never been elite. And mm-hmm. they've never really been awful. Yeah. Um, even, like, the seasons that they, you know, did poorly, they were always, like, Oh my god, like the Chargers lost another one score game. It was like mm-hmm. they had a season where they lost like 10 games by a collective like 20 points. Um <laughs> Christ. So it was some I mean I'm exaggerating a little bit, but it was some crazy shit like that. Yeah. Um but also, yeah, like they were the San Diego Chargers and they had their fan base, but also it's California, there's too many teams. Mm-hmm. And then San Diego wouldn't pony up for another like brand new stadium so they said fuck you we're moving to los angeles and they moved to los angeles and no one in los angeles liked the san diego chargers no. and then they also lost a good deal to most of their san diego fans for abandoning the city so it's like they're the other team in la and no one gives a shit about them like their fan base is non-existent but like the chart the chargers are a good team mm. I fair yeah underrated maybe underappreciated possibly but also i'm not i'm not buying chargers merch like that's not nah you only buy chargers merch if you're in la and you want to be like the countercultural. i'm not just another rams bandwagon fan um i don't know if i've said this publicly on the podcast yet but uh now that john gruden has been canned no ill will against the raiders no perfectly fine football team um okay the, they did the employ ownership him. is also like super toxic and i um they're I, they're like team president recently left the team he was he apparently was had like he had a couple people come to him and say there's a a toxic work environment here and a history of sexual harassment and he took that information to the owners and they fired him and now he took all that information and is giving it to the nfl who are then <laughs> investigating the Raiders for having a history of uh, sexual harassment and abuse. That's fair. This is also an industry where the bar for how terrible are the people at the top of this is, did this person commit human trafficking? Yeah. And like, and and even, yeah, even then, like you, you can keep your job. We just won't like you very much. Um, but yeah, like, for the most part, now that Gruden's gone, I, I don't really give a shit. Like, the Raiders are going to be a, a solid team, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to cheer against them. I see. 
I see some middle-aged folks. I see some uh, yeah, maybe bridging 50s folks walking around in Los Angeles wearing LA Raiders jerseys. Yeah, respect. Yeah. Or no, Oakland like, Raiders. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Oakland has a, a had a diehard fan base. And mm-hmm. they should feel very disrespected. Yeah. But they're still going to, you know, hold on to the team. You know what? Now that Gruden's out of there, I kind of find it endearing that the team, that the coaches are having trouble keeping their players from going out and partying all the time. Like, that wasn't an assumed issue, an assumed cost of doing business in Las Vegas. Yeah. No, it's mm. it's crazy. Um, God, like, what, seeing how much the Raiders have failed after they signed Gruden to like, you Mm -hmm. know, they had their master plan. They traded all of their good players and then utterly destroyed those draft picks and got no value out of them is so funny. Now all three of their first round picks from Raiders first year have had their fifth year option declined. Um, None of them are great. Most of them are really bad. And then the rest are just like, okay, football players. And then like their first Either five or six draft picks from 2019 mm-hmm. aren't on the team anymore. They're they're either in jail or on other teams. It's it's crazy. I, yeah, I it fucking somebody out there will make the argument that finishing a season ten and seven is decent. That's fine. You know, whatever. I'm not going to make that argument. But also, you blow up your team that spectacularly, and that's the best you can do with that strategy. <laughs> a 10-7 and seven season. Like, now, have a little self-respect. Speaking of somebody who either has a ton of or zero self-respect... Tom Brady will be a broadcaster for Fox Sports following his retirement. I hate it here. Yeah, but it it just makes too much sense. Like, Tom Brady is a well-established brand. And no matter what you think of him as a football player, he he knows his stuff. He's been around football for so long. He's He understands the game of football as good as anyone else out there. Probably just as much or better than most coaches. Now, I fucking hate Tom Brady. I... I hate that Tom Brady at the end of his sordid drama-filled career doesn't even have the decency to fuck off and retire like other legends of the sport and then just live a quiet life reveling in his greatness. Nah, he's still got to be the center of conversation. He can't. Tom Tom Brady wants wants the limelight, man. He's I don't I don't think you can go from having like this much attention to not having any because if he didn't like the attention he would have retired a while ago so like he's still doing this he clearly likes having the spotlight on him so like why not do it for another 40 years I all right Brady can just keep making a bigger ass of himself over time and not even have the on-field results to no one, excuse no one, some of that it, no one's going to remember the the bullshit that Brady has pulled. Like, most people nowadays don't even acknowledge that that happened. Like, people are very forgiving. Very forgetful. 
I mean, yeah, his team cheated twice, but, like, they can't just take away a ring for that. Twice. Okay. They got caught cheating twice. Yeah, no, they got caught twice. <laughs> <laughs> ah, fair. Um, Actually, no, they did get caught cheating a third time. It's just they faced very little consequences. Um, Wait, I think Brady's. One? I think Brady's last year there. Oh, was it? I think it actually no. This was the first year that Brady was gone from the Patriots. They got caught like filming the other team's practice again. <laughs> that oh, that Wiley Belichick just lining him up again. It was some bullshit. Like it was supposed to be for like a documentary that the team was doing and they like wanted b-roll footage you know of the other teams preparing that that was you know the bullshit excuse they used so i think they lost like a third round draft pick or something okay (laughs) fuck this one will be a quick one. This one is a weird me thing. I just wanted to shout out quick. Seven Seas Entertainment announces their localization of My Secret Affection, a manga where meteorites make everyone gay and the straights are the oppressed group. Oh my god. Is this is this like a tongue-in-cheek trying to like show people like oh you wouldn't like it if you were the oppressed ones or is this just like oh no straights are actually the ones that are being oppressed in real life i think this is one of those things where uh well-intended ignorant author thought this would be a fun novel idea for a vaguely science fiction slice of life series and then after enough materials for two volumes came out, someone pointed out, yo, dude, this is really fucked up when you consider how queer people around the world are treated by most of the rest of the world. And then the author quietly was like, oh, yeah, this is done now. And I don't. I wonder if Seven Seas picked the series up for cheap or something. I imagine that's the case because that's the only reason I can see them choosing to localize to publish this series in America. Because it is only two volumes long. It's not coming back. Like, they're going to print two books and then that's all the money they're going to make off of this from the sale of those two books. It's kind of funny. Yeah. We alluded to this at the top of the podcast, or maybe before the podcast. I think crypto went from being hypothetically worth some money to now being worth almost no money. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, so much so that Elon might not be able to buy Twitter now. And like him saying that maybe violated some antitrust, uh, I forget exactly what the terminology would be, but now the FCC is investigating him for announcing on Twitter, yeah, this is on hold now as, um, oh, it was a stock manipulation, stock price manipulation. Yeah, you know, that thing that he's done like six times now. And it's been investigated and fined by the FCC. Yeah. I. Yeah, I think, let me, I want to check what Twitter stock is at right now. 
Um, yeah, so it's down mm-hmm. <laughs> by a fucking lot. Oh, so, what's a drop off? So yeah, the Elon's thing here might have been because now it says he's now open to buying Twitter at a lower price. So it sounds like he may have like caused a bunch of shit to cause Twitter's uh, stock price to drop precipitously and is now saying, look, the company's worth less now, so I'm going to pay you less for it. I well, I imagine he tweeted that out sometime on Thursday night after markets had closed. When they opened Friday morning, it was down $5, which trading at $45 a share, that is a seventh of Twitter's of Twitter's value. He made that stock drop 12%. Yeah. And now it's down 22% in the last five days. <laughs> you can't keep kidding away with this. <laughs> no. He needs to be you would, in jail. You would think eventually people would be like, we're not going to sell. We're not going to sell you shit anymore because it is clear that you're just scheming on this. I mean, he's he's the richest man in the world. He has more powerful than... Most governments. Yeah. I it Elon, Elon Musk does legitimately have the resources to, if he was going to be put in prison, to like then buy the prison and then change all the records to make him not actually in prison anymore. Yeah. I, it's Looney Tunes I, money. Yes. I to fuck Elon in perpetuity. But yeah, when we say crypto is down, we mean... A lot of mainstream cryptocurrencies are now almost valueless. Uh, pretty much all the meme crypto is worth nothing now. NFTs have tanked across the board. I, Bitcoin is still way too expensive, but like, yeah, fucking, that's a weird situation. Yeah. yeah. It's, I, it, I kind of, I kind of hope we're witnessing the beginning of the end for all of this. I no, it'll come back. I don't know. It'll come back, and th- this is the point where a bunch of people are going to buy in. And in ten years, when crypto's kind of back to where it was, they're going to say, uh, "This is how I made my millions with crypto, and why you should too." And in six months after you fucking idiots have all bought a bunch of it, and the price is way up, then I'm going to sell, and you're going to be stuck holding. I mean, it's, oh my god, I cannot wait for the bullshit that Gary V says about this. <laughs> like, I cannot wait for the actual ludicrous statements that he can, tries to concoct about why cryptocurrency is down and why it's actually good. Oh, I think the economy of El Salvador is now even more tanked than it was before because they... <laughs> They put the country on the blockchain. They put the country on the blockchain. They paid a lot of citizens in crypto. And now that's worth no money. And I think they just revoked constitutional rights by declaring a state of emergency. And we're about to witness a government do violence to its people because crypto flatlined. It's just so fucking dumb. I hate it here. I hate it. If only there were some ray of hope that came out of nowhere completely unexpectedly and revitalized and energized me in a way 
I didn't think was possible now that I'm a jaded 20-something, quickly becoming a jaded late 20-something. I I do want to have a very small moment of empathy because as much as we make fun of crypto bros, yeah, I am legitimately scared because a lot of people just lost their houses. Oh. A lot a lot of people were scammed and lied to and were told, "No, this is going to make you rich. You should put all of your life savings in this and then take out a loan and put all of that into crypto as well. Now they're flat broke and will never be able to pay it off. Like they, their lives are over now and a lot of people are going to kill themselves. So I, I do feel, I do feel bad. I don't feel bad about like crypto being down and I'm going to continue mm-hmm. to laugh at the fucking idiots that like tried to push crypto so hard yeah. and are now, you know, in trouble but like they they scammed just a lot of normal people that didn't know any better i i totally understand where you're coming from and yes there is always a weight to the loss of human life uh the disruption of human life even but every all of those people who refinanced their homes to buy more crypto they had to have had someone in their life who told them that that was a bad idea. They had an out. I refuse to believe these crypto bubbles were so insular that over the course of the several months it takes to make this kind of decision, they didn't have anyone, not a single person, tell them, you probably shouldn't do this, bro. This this seems like a scam. Yeah, I mean, look, I I bought a couple of N- like NBA Top Shot things and that's uh-huh. as far into crypto as I got and I never really considered it like an NFT thing even though like by definition it is. But like I'm a very cheap person who does not like to spend money on anything. Right. And there are there have been points in my life where like I've had good hunches on stocks and bought like and not bought any of it. Because I just don't want to spend money and I, I could have made a lot of money. But, like, that's the only reason I didn't put a bunch of money into NBA Top Shot. Like, that's a, the only reason why I didn't get into crypto, initially mm-hmm. at least, because I don't like spending money and I'm afraid of losing it. Yeah. If, I, if I didn't have that, who knows where I'd be right now. Like, I, I could be just literally underwater. And yeah, I had a bunch of people in my life that cared about me enough to say, no, you fucking idiot, don't do this. You're welcome. And I, I was smart enough to listen to him, but some people don't have that. Uh. Anyway, My Chemical Romance dropped a new single, The Foundation of Decay. And as an MCR fan, I appreciate that they released a song that's pretty much about how we're still just kind of living in the ramifications of the U.S.'s response to 9-11. Because we are. And it's, yeah, it, 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 I don't know. To me, at least, it is increasingly clear how a lot of social and political response to that event specifically has 
warped and crystallized what American culture, what American politics, American society is now, and how it is almost impossible to envision a version of this country, of this world, that is not heavily defined by that event. And that's fucked up. That's super fucked up to think about as we are still going through a pandemic that has killed, isn't it like 5911s, something like that, 100? Many times more people have died from the COVID-19 pandemic than died in 9-11. Yeah, let me, let me do some quick maths. Then, um, but then, yeah, for a song to meet that truth it feels like head on and acknowledge how fucked up that is was it's like very powerful 11s yeah mm. <laughs> it's ridiculous i am literally brought to the point of laughter from we are in the midst of an event 300 times the magnitude of 9-11 and even progressives are sweeping it under the rug when yeah most of American politics are still defined by what happened in 9-11 it, it's it's ridiculous and then they just make an entire song about that and mm-hmm. that was very validating to me and I appreciated it did you know that, um, I don't want to take away from your My Chemical Romance thing, but now that we're talking about 9-11, did you know that Jade didn't know that 9-11 happened for like two years? Yeah, we were five. You didn't know that 9-11 happened? I knew that 9-11 happened. I didn't understand the full scale or the impact of it, but I can totally well, understand. no one like... knew the scale or the impact of it for 10 years. Well, fair. But like... But... You, you didn't, like, see that shit on the news and go, oh, my God, people just flew planes into, like, these two giant buildings and thousands of people are dead? I remember thinking it was fucked up. Or, dude, as much as a little kid can think something is fucked up. Oh. I remember, like, oh, well, this is bad. This is upsetting my parents and all the adults around me. Guess this is normal now. I mean, I, I think I remember the Pentagon being hit even more than, like the twin towers getting hit because to me that registered in my five-year-old brain I'm like oh the pentagon that's where the army is that means we're at war now because people attacked our military and i was right i distinctly recall a conversation i had with an adult as a child and this is a couple year like a year or two after 9-11 and it was something to the effect of oh well why is the pentagon called the pentagon and she was like, oh, because it's shaped like a pentagon, a polygon that has five sides. And I asked the obvious follow-up question, well, why is it shaped like a pentagon? And her response was, well, it used to be just like a regular building, but then 9-11 happened, and that made it into the shape of a pentagon. Oh, my God. And I was like, okay, <laughs> that's an answer. <laughs> oh my god what did, did they think it like buffed out one of the corners and shaped into a pentagon i don't fucking probably oh I don't my god yeah it was a hexagon before now it's just got five sides 
They left it like that. <laughs> My God. Uh, man, people are so stupid. I went to my fiance's sister's graduation college graduation Mm. over the weekend and as we were walking out oh the the speaker at the graduation was the u.s ambassador to the united nations linda thomas greenfield oh dope spoke at my poli sci graduation when i graduated college so that was pretty cool but um when we were walking to the car Mm -hmm. two graduates with their cap and gowns on walked past and one of them said to the other who is that lady to talk or that talked? And the other one replied something to do with the United Nations. And the other person replied, what's the United Nations? Yeah. I. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, thank you for reminding me. Uh, we are as of last weekend, officially four years on the dot out mm-hmm. of graduating from W Madison. And yeah. I just want to say, Fucking killing it. Mm. Nailing it. Mm. Wouldn't change a thing. Okay. Do I still have the urge to go back sometime and like, maybe I should, I just kind of would have been fine if I had been in college forever or stayed in downtown Madison forever. Yeah, totally. Then I remember all the things that sucked about college and I'm like, phew, good for me moving on. Do you think we'll forget about the things that sucked in our lives now the way that we forgot about the things that sucked about college like do you think when we're old we'll be like oh man take me back to my late 20s everything was great then i mean uh i think it depends on how our lives pan out for one and also how our lifestyles change like i don't want to pin this on you man but uh if you make some choices, like, what's your life looking like at 27 as opposed to, like, 37? What what are the differences there? Holy shit, man. <laughs> what the fuck? I did not mean to roast you like that, but oh you're already Oh my god, you just said my with... life isn't going anywhere. What do you, you can't just say, look, you like, have, you this just... isn't like a no homo situation. This is not like a no offense kind of thing. You can't just say... This no, this isn't meant to be offensive. And then just say, "Hey, man, your life's boring, and you're not going anywhere." I'm not saying that. I'm saying you hit the goal for a lot of people. You are living with your beautiful partner, who you are about to marry, and are going to have a fantastic, even longer-term relationship with. You're making solid money at a job that's a little intense, but like, you know what? getting through it you're you're making moves in there that make it more appealing to you like you're killing it maybe you're gonna get a house maybe things are gonna change up in that but like you did it man you won no go go to bed no have a coke and pass out in the corner fuck you okay get out there and slut it up then i don't know fine Do I want to make it out there and slut it up a, a possible tight? Nah. Nah, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, we're not going, we're not getting a notification that this call is going to end, even though we've hit like an hour. So I guess we just keep going. Maybe because yeah. Ryan never joined. Maybe that it still weird. thinks there's yeah. a third party member that's going to join. Hmm. I know the countdown doesn't start until 
all three people join. But I kind of just thought that meant like if someone new joins, it resets. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, the breakouts. Um, I put My Chemical Romance released a new single in here, not knowing that just yeah not realizing that just two bullet points above i put that under a news article but it deserves to be mentioned twice so i'm going to talk briefly about triangle strategy a game whose narrative is increasingly engaging and giving me all of that good political medieval storytelling that i love i'm not going to get into that though because i'm going to talk about one fight in particular that happened on a bridge against the like solid trope of the we were fighting the evil twins in this one and they're just smarmy and insufferable and a thing about the mechanics of triangle strategy is that this is taking place on a grid it is a tactics game but what separates us from something like fire emblem is that there is elevation in the game so you can be on one plane, and if somebody is on a plane or two below you, your attacks will do more damage. If they're above you, you might not be able to hit them. And then you can shove enemies around, and if you shove them off a ledge, they will fall off and take fall damage. So this resulted in a pretty humorous situation where these twins, who... They're pretty fucking tough for being the fucking rich kids on the other side of the lake during summer camp. I solved that problem by having two characters who had abilities that let me shove enemy characters into each other and off of ledges. Where I got the twins on opposite sides of the bridge. Uh, not like lengthwise, like widthwise. And then... I would just push them off of the bridge. They would land on the island below, take a bunch of damage, then climb up the ladder. But I had the ladders opening to the wider section of the bridge blocked off. So they couldn't go anywhere. They couldn't do anything. And then I just pushed them off the bridge again. And I did that like five times until they died. And it was fantastic. A very good video game. It sounds like it. How is another video game, Dying Light 2? It's just as good. It's just as wacky. It's just... No, it's not. It's Oh, no. It's kind of meh, at least so far. All, all the stuff that we saw, uh, like, all the criticisms about the gameplay and the, like, prog progression seem to be warranted. Yeah. Because, like, I'm playing the game, and I don't get to do most of the cool par parkour stuff. Like, I knew that, like, there were things that would be unlocked later, but it's like, I have very little stamina. Mm -hmm. My jumping is short. I have a hard time climbing over things. And something I didn't know about the game until I started playing it, there's no sprint button. Um, in the first Dying Light Whoa. game, there's like you hold X and you like start sprinting, and then it's also like just the parkour button. So yeah. either you hold it and you'll like vault over stuff, or you'll like double tap it and do different things. In this game, you just if you move in a direction, you start jogging and then over time build up momentum and a little bit more speed. 
And then okay. there's a jump button. Like, there is a parkour button, but it's just, like, jump. And it's contextualized. So, like, yeah, if you're, like, in front of a wall and you press the jump button, you'll climb over it. And if you were, like, are on a ledge and you press, the like, the parkour button, you'll jump across it. Uh, but, like, most of the parkour shit is still locked. I can't drop kick yet, which I'm upset about. <laughs> Um, I can't slide under things. Like, I, I feel really neutered, and it's it's not fun yet. Like, I, I know, like, if I give it time and I unlock all the other shit, it will be. But, like, the, the combat's clunky because I haven't unlocked most of the moves. Like, I just unlocked the heavy attack. <laughs> like, hold, hold down trigger and release it to hit a little bit harder and, like, break a guard. Like, that's a thing you have to level up to. I... Do- to back up just a little bit, does this more momentum-based movement ever, I don't know, feel as good as, like, I don't know, an anime can sometimes make a parkour sequence look where that juxtaposition of, oh, this character is going from stock still and over over the, cor- over the course of, like, 30 seconds is now just flying through the air, does it ever... Does it ever feel like that, or? I mean, I I'm never like sprinting out of my goddamn mind. You don't you don't oh. get that fast. I think it's a thing that you can like. I think there's an ability you can unlock that's just like you run faster. <laughs> um, and I think I think you can like get a couple different levels of that. Um, but it it's more like uh, okay, I just climbed over this ledge and now I need to jump across to this other side. But I'm not going fast enough, so I have to stop, turn around, run in the other direction, get get some space, turn around, and then run towards it so I can get up enough speed and jump off. And it sometimes it's cool. It can yeah. be cool. Like, sometimes it works. And because this game is based on, like, kind of sticking to the rooftops exclusively mm-hmm. and under no circumstances going inside the buildings because they're just full of zombies at all, like, any given time. Right. Um, like, it's, it's, like, about building routes. So, you're like, oh, shit, I need to get over there. But in order to get there, I need to figure out a way to, like, build up enough speed to jump across this other building in that direction so I can get across it that way. And like, it, that part is fun. Mm-hmm. And the chases are horrifying. Like, this game is scary. Like, I remember there, the first Dying Light was a scary game because if nighttime rolled around, you were fucked. Right. So as a result, the game was basically like, yeah, do your shit. And then when the sun starts getting down, book your ass to the nearest safe zone so you can fall asleep until the next morning and you don't go out at night. And then this game is trying to make it so that nighttime is actually part of the game. Oh, oh. Um, because, and, and they do it in a cool way. It just doesn't always feel that engaging. It's like, uh-huh. so during the day, most of the zombies are inside. There's only yeah. a few that are out in the sun because like the whole idea is uh the sunlight kills the infection they're i am legend zombies yeah yeah basically they're vampires and so like the everyone in the city is infected and they keep themselves from turning into zombies by just constantly being exposed to uv light Mm -hmm. so when it's nighttime they just like stand in black lights um but so like when it's nighttime the zombies leave the buildings and like run around the city. So then the places where they were are mostly empty and you can go in there and loot stuff. But then if you get spotted, you you're going to get chased by like 30 zombies that are faster than you. They're faster than you because 
because I'm not fast yet. <laughs> I that sounds deeply frustrating and like they learned all the wrong lessons from the mechanics of the first dying light game um to talk about the narrative of the game and uh it's totally fine if you haven't gotten uh, far enough to have an opinion on this yet it was kind of my understanding from initial release discussion and a handful of quickie reviews i read that and maybe this shows just how long this game was cooking what its lengthy development cycle was like that the two factions you get to choose between, you get to choose to support, are essentially the cops and the not cops. Yeah, basically. It's, <sighs> do you choose the peacekeepers who are openly fascist, but mm-hmm. are, you know, kind of maintain a sense of order, but also mostly just steal resources and are all <laughs> assholes? Or do you choose with any everyone else <laughs> yeah like <I>, it because <sighs> it's not i mean like the whole thing like the only redeeming quality of the peacekeepers are it's like yeah we go out and kill zombies mm-hmm. and, and like and protect people because we like maintain order that way whether I mean, they like it or not yeah exactly sure when people step out of line or say bad things about us we kill them and sure we take like half of their water as you know protection money and sure, we really don't protect them when it's not convenient for us. And sure, we like will burn their cities. Like they're like they, but maybe killed one of our guys, and we can't prove it. But we're gonna burn their houses down. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a. That's such like a 2015 like video game writing. I I don't. Uh, I I can't even obviously conservative or uh, whether they intend to or not, obviously conservative leaning video games aren't even that explicit anymore in. Yeah. Yeah, no, these guys are possibly the good guys of this story. You decide like at least at least the Warhammer 40 K people are like having fun with it. They're leaning into it. They've under they understand now that they're accidentally leaning into a bunch of fascist ideologies and tropes. So they're like, uh, yeah, but what if they're like way too sexy? What 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 if we did that and subverted it a little bit? What if we laughed at this a little yeah. bit? And like at least uh. they make it a little bit like, yeah, like no, it's not like I haven't seen anything so far that would be like oh, maybe they are the good guys or maybe they are doing something good. Like, they do seem to be explicitly the bad guys. Okay. It's just that you can side with them. But I don't really know why. Maybe there's other stuff later in the story. But then also, like, the other people that you can side with are, like, a little culty. Some of them are kind of full of themselves and, like, talk about New World Order bullshit. But, like, for the most part, they're just like, yeah, we're the people that live here and these are the soldiers that kill us <laughs> i mean the oppressed have done some bad stuff too andrew it's like both sides have endured a lot here yeah i mean like at least i don't know like all the characters are like yeah no those guys are fucking fascists yeah they're all assholes like they they don't i haven't seen anything that would paint them as the good guys yet so i really don't get 
the whole point of choosing between them because if it was like oh yeah you can do the morally wrong thing but get like better loot or something you know make you feel bad about getting an advantage like that's one thing i don't think that's a thing though god i just this makes me think of in the last fallout 4 dlc nuke town or nuka world or whatever where if you engage with that at all Preston Garvey is like, yo, man, what the fuck? I'm not going to roll with you anymore. And then even if you make decisions in the course of that DLC, like, I think we explicitly finished the main story and then killed everyone hanging out in Nuka World. Yeah. Preston Garvey is still like, nope, not going to roll with you. Not, not into you anymore. It's like, it's just, it's such, it's shallow. It's shallow and it's frustrating. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, we're going to talk about some media. We're going to go from some mediocre writing to some phenomenal writing and talk about Barry, season three, episode three, and season three, episode four. Um, I know, like, we talked about it a little bit on the last episode. Ryan hadn't seen episode three at that point. Him and Ryan, I, were, you're, you're definitely listening to this podcast right now. Stop listening to this until you until you watch the episodes. Yeah. Um, Ryan and I were definitely on the same page with like the first two episodes of the season. Mm-hmm. I was not really buying it. Like the first episode was funny. Yeah. The second and third episodes, I just did not fuck with. Like uh-huh. I, I did not like, I did not like what they were doing with the characters. Um, I think the fourth episode kind of redeemed it a bit. I thought, I thought episode four was really funny mm-hmm. and also took the characters in like the direction that they should have been going. Right. I and but yeah no like oh my god so fucking funny episode three (laughs) was not funny to me I did like the first two episodes at least had some moments but like Mm -hmm. episode three was just a oh I hate this episode four was so funny the bomb customer service oh come on Um, okay so the quick defense I'll give of uh episode three was I one, it made me realize how much more of a complex and morally gray character Barry looks like when Fuchs is next to him. Yeah, no, Fuchs and is just, just the pure embodiment of evil. Barry is a really bad person who just doesn't really know what he's doing is wrong because he's so in his own head. Right. Fuchs is fucking evil. How long did it take them to uh, to enact that revenge? No, it's well, a it's, children's <laughs> story. It's... Uh, it's about morality. Uh, I just, so the Jaguar army, like they, did that work? Just him by his own admission, having it all, or like having a comfortable life, as, be- as good of a life as he could hope for in the circumstances, and then deciding, I mean, I gotta ruin this guy's life, who not in just some kill- ways is responsible for me being here. Yeah, not just kill Barry. Like, he, he could have paid somebody to, like, go try to kill Barry. Or, like, yeah, and, like, put a bomb in his house, which we'll talk about later. Apparently that's a thing you can do in this universe pretty easily. Um, <laughs> I, um... No, but then my, uh, one of the defense of the third episode was just... I feel like the writers on this show had to have had bad bosses because that exchange between Christabel and his boss, Christabel, I'm sorry, and his boss, where the boss is just, yeah, telling 
every person in a high stress job like exactly what they want to hear the you know what yeah you make some strong arguments you are good at your job and you do know this place i'm gonna take your word for it Mm -hmm. we're gonna get out of here how do i tell the guys though what if you take them out to lunch first yeah that's a good idea cristobal i'll take them to johnny rockets we have a good time and afterwards no la we go back to bolivia Thank you for that. Thank you for that good idea. <laughs> Fuck, that was just saccharine to me. Yeah. Maybe that's saying more about me than I intend. But uh, no, yeah, episode four is also where this really started to feel like what made me love the TV show Barry, where this is quickly becoming a comedy of errors and you're not expecting people to make the choices that they are. And then those choices having consequences that... Uh, you never saw coming. Yeah. I mean, although I don't know about you, but I definitely saw the whole, you know, Mr. Cousineau freaks out and punches Barry on set. Everyone just being like, oh my God, that was such good acting. You, you guys got to do this more often. Uh, I didn't know that it would like then make him famous. of like, everyone's talking about how he saved this vet's life and Oh yeah, God. and I, that very weirdly, obviously, in the middle of COVID precaution uh, scene with, who was that, Joe Montana? Uh, Joe, Joe Montana. Yeah. Joe Montana. Like, <laughs> in the middle of a Target or something. Yeah, like, I that think was, that was like a TJ Maxx. That was fucking weird. That was. Yeah. Uh, um, but then also, yeah, so now he is in a very awkward position where. This fucking maniac assassin who murdered my girlfriend has now solved all of my pro not just my problems, all of my family's problems. No, now we have a bunch of money and my career's back on track and everyone that hated me now likes me because they think I'm a good person for helping this guy out. Uh, <laughs> it's Yeah, it's ridiculous and he literally has, like, made it up to him. He solved everything for him. But it still fucking killed his girlfriend. Yeah. And it... I don't know. I've never bought that they were uh, as actually in love as what uh, Kusno makes it out to be. Now, I feel like you and Ryan might disagree with me on that a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just... I imagine a line from his son coming sometime this season, like... So... You dated her for, like, six months. You and Mom were together for 20 years and really seemed like that relationship meant a whole lot more to you. But what do I know? I don't know. I'm, I'm projecting a little bit now. but um, I'm going to disagree. With, yeah. Like, that's, that's, that's not important at this point. But I... Oh, God. And, th- and I can just see... Like, I'm not going to try to, like, predict where the season yeah. goes. But, you know... Uh, oh, God. what What's his now ex-girlfriend's name again? Sally. Yeah, Sally did like called out mr Cousineau in her speech mm-hmm. so now like there might be a thing where they're trying to get all three of them together like oh mr Cousineau, you changed this veteran's <laughs> life by saving him through acting and you got her career started and now she's running this super successful show you guys gotta get together and talk and yeah barry's an abusive the- <sighs> asshole who now isn't dating sally anymore and barry threatened to kill mr Cousineau's family and did kill his girlfriend and mr Cousineau's lying to everybody pretending it's all okay yeah it's gonna I, be it's gonna be so good no i i don't know I've, i'm still 
I still have a lot of feelings about that scene. Uh, I think all of the characters in Barry are right to think that Barry is an abusive asshole. But um, I don't know. I, I, I still see that. And like, I, I can't help but think there's some commentary about how Barry is very obviously having a mental breakdown right there. And everybody else is like, this is just a violent dude. Which, I, fair, you know, I, I'm i still processing all of my feelings Barry on that. Barry has potentially but. killed hundreds of people. But is hundreds. he abusive? Who can say? Uh, yes, he, he clearly was abusive to Sally. He never punched her in the face, but... No. Yeah. 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 Um, although, fuck, her, her acceptance speech at that scene was just so perfect and so that character, mm-hmm. where she is stumbling to make a weighty statement on the themes of her show and, and then just what it makes it to... all about like oh my god we're successful you people like me that's all that matters yeah we got a 98 percent on rotten tomatoes <laughs> it... ah, god yes that's just fuck yeah that's such that character and that's such that character's commentary um i never I never thought that the Fuchs storyline was going to be him going around and rallying the people affected by the murders that he had Barry do. Yeah, that he orchestrated. He's like, oh my god, this guy killed your husband. Yeah, I paid him to do it. I, I'm the one that made him do it, but like, mm-hmm. oh my god. I'd like. I'm already seeing the domino stacked up a little bit. I'm already seeing what's to come. Like, the Barry is not going to be in the apartment of the address that he gave them oh, anymore. Yeah. I so did, then, I did not think of that. This is I. I see that playing out as, and I don't know. Maybe I'm dumb for predicting, but whatever. I'm excited about this. I want to speculate. I see that playing out as either they show up as he's moving out, and then Sally thinks that he trashed the apartment or something and really is an abusive fucking asshole or that they confront her there after Barry has moved out and that's how she starts to get in on it yeah no that that's kind of what I was thinking that they'd just like show up and be like we're here to kill Barry Berkman we don't why? we're not dating anymore like why he killed my dad and then like another guy comes in he killed my dad oh, he killed my wife he killed my son he yeah just like a line leading down the hall and out the apartment of people with guns talking about how Barry killed their loved one. And yeah. Um, yeah. Fucking God. That last scene in the gun store. Yeah. Good, the a mother and son clearly talking about killing a guy. I think we'll take the Glock. Cool. That'll be yeah. $500. And, Need you to sign this paperwork? Like technically, it's a background check, but like, come on, we can we can put a rush rush stamp on this. You guys um, look like you're in a hurry. I, and then, like, it has been said a million times. It has been said a million times by us. But Bill Hader is a fantastic actor, and just the line delivery on the line with the on the phone with customer support, yeah, was phenomenal. You want me to turn off my Wi-Fi? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it sounds like that worked. Do you have any problems? Shit. Shit, shit, shit. Noah Hank going through his phone and being like, turn on location services? Always. Can we collect your data for marketing purposes? Sure. Why not? Yes. 
Full name and address. <laughs> Fucking holy shit. Uh, the password is Berkman goes boom, but with dollar signs instead of S's. Good show, man. It, 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 it it's coming back show. into form. It, yeah, I'm, I'm, I realize now, after the first two episodes being a little low, uh, the first, eh, arguably three episodes being a little low, is that, yeah, this is a show that is best when it is in motion and you never quite know where the characters are going to go next. And, yeah, they were definitely all kind of static and setting up the rest of the season in those uh, first two episodes, at least. Mm-hmm. There's eight oh. episodes in the season, right? So there's four more. Gee, it's not ten? I think it's eight. How many episodes bury season three? Oh, ten. Oh, there are ten. Okay. Okay, thank God. I You go away for two years and you only come back with eight episodes? Come on. They had a lot going on. That's fair. Uh, this last thing, the national players that were tagged out at third yeah, in the... That's really funny. <laughs> Baseball's back. Look, man, you need to start watching John Boy if you don't already. I did love his episode about... Uh, twenty. His YouTube video about 24. John Boy did an episode about 24? John Boyce? Yeah. No, no, the... not John Boyce. John oh. Boy. J-O-M-B-O-Y. John John Boy is a like a comedy baseball YouTuber who does breakdowns of plays in a very funny way and also is really good at lip reading. Okay. So he's like telling you what's going on like in the dugout, what like the bullshit people are saying. Mm. Like I, I cannot recommend his channel enough. It's so good. Fair enough. And we hope that you thought episode 184 of the Voluntary Viewing Podcast was so good. It will almost certainly be titled Cortana Clip That. And if you enjoyed it, please like, comment, and subscribe. Check us out on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok for highlight clips. Act blue link in the description down below to help some great progressive causes. Support us either through the Anchor Podcast platform or on Patreon where you can join the likes of the terrific Tiffany Cole, Sucky Badger, and Central Richard Nixon. Send us your questions and business opportunities, voluntaryviewing at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter for updates at v2 underscore podcast. And follow me at LucasDeWriter on Twitter to follow all of my writing. Got some pretty fun stuff coming out, hopefully by the end of, I've been assured around the end of the month. So should have a new article up by then, I hope. Either way, though, have a great week, everyone. Talk to you next week. 